Well, hey, thanks for finding us on a lovely Thursday evening, and welcome to Caching in the Northwest. As you know, this is the only podcast from the birthplace of geocaching in the great Pacific Northwest. Each week, we're going to talk about caches and cachers from here and all around the globe. So while you're wondering what they do with all of those election signs, we'll be caching in the Northwest. Oh, yeah. Get out there and take down those election signs. Hey, that means it's time to bring in our brandy-scented baboon. Some say he's so tall that his forehead is permanently suntanned. And others say only one key works on his keyboard. That's why he's constantly depressing. All we know is he's called Land Monkey. That joke is constantly depressing. It's something. It's <laughs> uh, who writes this stuff? Not me. <laughs> All right. Well, I, it must be you, Land Monkey. <laughs> I write almost everything else, but I don't write that. All right. You know what? It is great to be here with my friends tonight. How are you guys doing? Well, I'm not depressing. I've got an entire keyboard at my disposal. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Chris, how's your night? I'm doing great. I am, says Boo. He must not have liked the joke. Yeah, or um, or he's booing me. Or it looks to me like his O key is stuck. Oh, oh he's, op- he's oppressing. Yeah. <laughs> he's a bit oppressive himself. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Oh. It, is, it is great to be here. If you are watching the show live and you know that we are talking with some guests tonight and you're wondering, where are they? I wanted to, to uh, let you know that they're pre-recorded, but um, we are going to play the interview for you. We're really excited. Um, I had a fantastic talk with Katie and Ellis from geocaching.com and Amy from Ad Council. And I'm not going to explain anything about those guys because they're going to talk to you guys about it in just a few minutes if you stick with us into this podcast. But, you know, um, I, I have to just say as well a quick thank you to our patrons as I always try to do off the start of the show, who help to keep this podcast coming each and every week. And if you want to know more about supporting the show, we encourage you to click that Patreon link on the cachingnw.com website and uh, think about uh, helping support this podcast a little bit. We'd appreciate that. Um, Other interesting news from a supporter of this podcast, our corporate sponsor, Landsharks. They have a special discount for Caching in the Northwest listeners. That's right. This discount is on until the end of November. If you go to uh, landsharks with a Z.ca from now until the end of November, you can get a 15% discount on trackable coins and tags, either online or in person at the Shark Store. All you have to do is use the promotional code LSTRAC, all, all one word, L-S-T-R-A-C-K, um, or Laster, Lister, Lister Ack. I guess, I guess you could call it that. <laughs> uh, Lost Rack. Lost <laughs> Rack. Lost Rack. rack. List Rack. All right. Or LST, LS Track. I think, I think LS Track is going to be the easiest way for you guys to remember it. Probably sure. it right. But, anyways, thanks to Land Sharks for that promotion. Um, I'm planning on actually taking advantage of that before the end of the month myself. So, <gasps> there you go. You don't have to buy me Christmas gifts. I will gladly accept them. Hey, speaking of Christmas gifts and land sharks, these three characters here, my two great friends and myself, 
are going to be in Victoria just before Christmas for an event. Merry Christmas. I'm so excited. Because Christmas Eve, we're all very busy running around the world delivering gifts. Yeah. Somebody Shh, is. Don't, don't tell anybody. And, and, and that. Beard gets a lot longer and whiter. And well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but December 16th, that's a Sunday. We are going to be in Victoria. No. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. You've gotten me paranoid over Victoria on Vancouver Island. Mm-hmm. I'm getting it right because I've done it backwards too many times. Yes. And, and I'm just paranoid about saying it. Well, uh, we're going to be. We've rigged your chair. So every time you get it backwards, ah. you get a little shock. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait. Why was it shocking earlier then? Anyway. <laughs> I've kind of learned to like it. Uh, <laughs> now that's shocking. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, we're going to be at the shark store on the 16th, uh, noon to two, I believe. Yep. Come on by. Um, somebody will have to pull up the event GC because I didn't think about it in time. And in fact, if I continue just to talk a little bit longer, <laughs> I can pull it up right here. And continue to talk. And there we go. Um, that is GC7Z Papa Bravo X-Ray. Nice. And I come like on the, by. I like that it has a Z for land sharks in there. Oh, yeah. Well, 7Z is required. Yeah. Um, and come on by. We're going to do a little bit of live recording. So you'll get to see us interact with each other. It'll be different because we'll have to look at each other in person and not through a computer screen. But, you know, that's the price you pay. Um, we're going to have some giveaways. It's going to be fun. Land Sharks apparently is providing some snacks. We'll bring some as well. Yeah, so awesome that they're doing that. this. This is going to be a lot of fun. I could bring this along. Yeah, you should. You really should since we're doing <laughs> a live show. <laughs> oh, nice. What else is nice? Is that each and every week we do what we call the geocaching log of the week or the glow. And uh, listener Dora Moore provided us with this idea a couple of years ago. And listeners, thank you so much for all the glows that you send in. We really appreciate it. Did you know that if you send in a glow, you get a very coveted caching in the Northwest glow badge for your geocaching.com profile? It's true. So keep sending in those glows because we read one a week. And this week we've got a great glow. You know what? Before we get to that, I should tell you where you could send in glows. Do tell. Yes. Why don't you uh, send one in to feedback at cashingnw.com. You can call into 253-693-TFTC or you can use a voicemail tool on the website and show us how you glow. You can also record your glow on your phone and email that to us at feedback at cashing and W. We've got a couple of those stored up. I'm saving those for special occasions. So thank you. I Dora Moore is actually one who's called one in and uh, we've got that sitting in the queue just in case we need it one day. Okay. Well, this week's glow is from KM six AQT. That's an interesting caching name. Yeah. Well, if it's a ham caller down in California, at least uh, the the six region is California. (laughs) So let's assume it's that. And they found traditional cache through two tunnels. That's GC16BB1. 
or Bravo Bravo One. And this week's glow reads, hooray! After doing some preliminary reconnaissance last weekend and checking out the tide tables for nearby uh, Ano Nuevo, I quickly concluded that the best time in the next few weeks to attempt this leviathan of a tunnel adventure would be at 2.30 p.m. today. I came armed with newly purchased heavy-duty garden shears to carve out a route to the geocache. After studying previous photos and reading logs of successful attempts on the summit, a.k.a. the geocache, it became clear that the last few feet are the hardest. And so they were. I have been very unfortunate to come into contact with poison oak twice over the last month whilst in pursuit of 50 somethings hidden geo treasure. I'm not complaining as the adventures and the memories have been worth it as I frequently recall them during my hectic work week. But the itching, the swelling of various parts of my body and the oozing in the meantime has degraded my quality of life. I don't think I've ever read a glow with oozing in it before. So oozing, swelling and oozing. Yeah. I'm still getting over last week's latest dose of it. At least my face, forehead, eyelid, and behind my ears are no longer swollen and itchy. My limbs still are, though. I might be able to resume wearing shoes tomorrow. <laughs> Wish me luck. Well, I wonder what kind of job they have, the hectic work week where they don't have to wear shoes. Maybe they're podcasters. Oh, yeah. We don't wear pants. Much to my chagrin, I discovered this week that while I've been praising myself for limiting my itching to only those areas and times that deserved it the most, which is what I call willpower, I was truly disappointed in myself when my wife revealed to me that she's woken up in the middle of the night a few times and noticed that I have been itching while asleep, which is what I call lack of willpower. Like the Borg say, resistance is futile. The garden shears made all the difference today as I really pruned back the vegetation to open up a safe trail to the top for both myself and future geocachers. Funnily enough, I actually found two geocaches whilst doing so and signed both logs. Since I do not know for certain which geocache is more authentic, I left both in place. One is just under halfway up and the other is at the top, which I now believe is more in keeping with the original hint. After comparing both log sheets, I appear to be the first to sign both hmm. the double first to find on one cap that? that's amazing i felt completely elated signing the log of the second geocache as i knew that this phase of tunnel adventures misadventures was finally coming to a close this geocache has also been on my geo bucket list for the last five years or so what a delightful way to end another great weekend of geocaching thanks for the awesome adventure from 50 something 50 something 50 something a great name it's only effective for about 10 years then you should change it there you go forever uh, 50 something forever well that's true hmm. forever 21 seems to have hold on for quite some time yeah yeah they're doing okay and i don't think there's anyone in there that's actually 21 um <laughs> oh thank you very much for that glow i mean I, guys, have you ever taken garden shears with you? Or okay, I know sometimes you hike with a machete, yep. but uh, have you ever done it to with the intent of actually clearing the path for the next? It people? May have to go into the tools of the trade bag. I think I don't know. Mm -hmm. 
I've brought garden shears when I knew specifically they would be needed for a particular cache, mm -hmm. but it's not some, it's not my standard carry. Let's put it that way. Okay. And there's nothing worse than getting poison ivy and the swelling on your eyelids. Ooh, that's just nasty. Yeah. I guess that's the getting on your hands and then rubbing your eyes. Yeah, yeah. likely is. Exactly. I that's haven't done that. I have done it with uh, hot peppers. Oh, Reach up and scratch and go, ah. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> yeah, I've known people who, you know, have been cutting up hot peppers and then use the bathroom. That, that was a mistake. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So right. if you're cutting up hot peppers, use gloves. Really. I mean, you know, pull the gloves off when you're done or if you need to take a break because really it's going to save you a lot of pain. And with that message yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a whole different burning bush there but tonight <laughs> thank you we're going to discuss the current discover the forest trackable promotion well we're going to listen we're going to discuss it too land monkey here interviewed katie from hq and amy from ad council as i think he already mentioned yep. and, and ls from hq as well sorry and uh, yeah and so we're going to listen to some of that tonight chat about it answer we're going to try to answer some questions come up in the live chat and have a great evening I think it's going to be a great evening. Should we just jump right into it? Yeah. Why don't we do, let me just, maybe before we do, let me set up a couple of things. So um, I I had to pre-record this. So the guests uh, are, are, are special guests while well, they're all special, but Amy from ad council um, was not able to uh, align the timing to join us um, for what would be midnight her time for a live show. So we recorded early. Um, we had a few, glitches with the schedule and, and uh, everything ended up being um, moved around in a way that I did not have my normal recording rig with me when I was recording the interview. So I want to right off the start, apologize to everybody for the quality of the sound in the interview is not up to our normal level of quality that we like for this podcast. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to future opportunities to have another conversation with Amy and Ellis and, uh, uh, and the team there. And of course, Katie and, get a better quality interview for you guys. But in the meantime, we do have this uh, and it will be interesting. So we get to understand a little bit about who Ad Council is, what Amy does there, how that has pertinence to geocaching and of course the Discover the Forest trackable promotion. And then they really dig into some of it. So it's a, a great interview. It's going to take a little while. So we're probably going to be looking for questions from you guys that we can maybe answer. So feel free in the chat, drop your questions in there. Our lackey will put those questions over into the show notes for us. And we'll look for some opportunities to pause the interview and, and chat with you guys as we go through. Well, thank you. That was a very nice introduction. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and jump right in. All right, well, folks, thanks for joining us here. Trackable promotions are always an exciting topic. And as we all know, we never know what the next promotion might be. It was very exciting for all of us to see the Discover the Forest promotion. And out of that, we've had the opportunity to have a chat with Katie and Ellis from geocaching.com. Katie and Ellis, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. We're excited to talk about Discover the Forest today. And of course, uh, we couldn't have this conversation without Amy from the Ad Council, who is the Discover the Forest representative. Thank you, Amy, for making the time. Yeah, thank you guys so much for inviting us on the podcast. 
Awesome. Well, you know, some of our listeners may not be familiar with uh, Ad Council, where you work, Amy. What uh, what do you guys do? Uh, maybe explain kind of your mission and, and perhaps some of your most well-known work. Yeah, the Ad Council is a nonprofit uh, that is the, the leader, leading producer of public service advertising in the nation. Um, we have a really long history. We started back in 1942. Um, but we remain incredibly relevant today as we continue to address the most pressing social issues of our time. So, you know, our history dates back to, you know, the likes of Smokey Bear, which we began back in 1944, but continues today uh, with things like Love Has No Labels and bullying prevention. Um, Smokey is also on our docket um, and we'll be turning 75 next year. So there's a plug for that one. Um, but we work with the Forest Service on our Discover, Discover the Forest campaign, which uh, aims at getting kids connected with nature. And really the way that we do that at the Ad Council is we, we like to say that we are where causes and creativity converge. And what that means is we, we, get our, uh, non, we get the leaders in media and advertising to contribute to our issues. And they donate their time and energy creatively to our campaigns um, and then run the advertising that we create collectively in donated time and space. Um, and so all of the campaigns that we create are integrated efforts that run across media channels, uh, ranging from the expected TV PSAs to uh, newer media types and promotions like, like this one. Very cool. Um, that's very informative. I had really, well, of course, I'm Canadian, but uh, you really had no idea of what Ad Council did, but it was very familiar with Smokey the Bear. So there you go. <laughs> that's awesome. So Amy, at Ad Council, what, what is your role? Or maybe you have multiple roles. And, and maybe in layman's terms, for those of us who aren't familiar with that industry, uh, what is it that, that you do? Uh, luckily, my, my title is, is a pretty layman term friendly. It's a, a vice president of, of campaign development. And I'm, I'm one of uh, several folks at the Ad Council that have that title. And, and what I do is I oversee the development on behalf of the campaign. So I'm working with, you know, sponsoring organizations uh, that are nonprofits and government agencies. The Forest Service is the, the sponsoring organization for this particular campaign and working with our volunteer ad agencies uh, to oversee the development of the campaign, ranging from, uh, you know, creative production uh, to strategic, sorry, st starting with strategic development into creative production and ultimately pushing out the campaigns into the world so that, you know, the key target audiences that we're trying to, to impact and affect are able to see our messages widely and broadly. Awesome. Thanks. So how did you get connected with geocaching.com and, and are you even a geocacher yourself? I am a newbie geocacher. Um, very excited newbie geocacher. Uh, we were connected. It's, it's funny. Um, geocaching was one of those things that, you know, we started the Discover the Forest campaign back nine years ago. And, you know, we're always looking at the, the full customer journey. And when I say customer journey, I mean like all the different ways that people consume media in their life and how we might be able to reach people as they're going through their daily lives. And there's something really unique around geocaching being that uh, in real life experience and a very tangible experience. And so it's something that um, from an idea perspective has kind of cropped up time and time again in different ways, you know, whether it's, you know, a different idea that was treasure hunt-esque and someone would say like, oh, have you heard of geocaching? Um, 
it sort of percolated in our office as a conversation point for many years. And then, you know, recently we were taking on uh, a new round of creative work to talk around um, trails and as using trails as an entryway into uh, the forest for people. And it, it made sense to talk to geocaching since so many of your caches are on trails. And um, we kind of wanted to do something in that space for, for some time now. And it just felt like the time was, was right. Fantastic. So with respect to the Discover the Forest promotion, can you tell us uh, perhaps at a high level what the promotion is about, uh, maybe some of the goals, uh, intended impacts, and, and key messaging? Yeah, so like I mentioned, this year is the 50th anniversary of the National Trails Act. I might be actually quoting that not right, but, <laughs> but the point is, is that the Forest Service wanted to really celebrate um, you know, what trails mean to America and, and use that as a way to um, try to get families reconnected with nature, which is really the larger mission of the Discover the Forest campaign overall is, is to try to get families connected with their natural spaces, with the forest as an ecosystem. And we, we, we've conducted various campaigns over the years in order to do just that. Um, and this year, you know, with a focus on trails as a, as a way into the forest, both literally and figuratively, um, it made sense for our for us to take on a geocaching campaign um, and really use it as a way to invite people into the forest um, and trails and, and have geocaching be that, that thing that enables them to do that. Right. So it's that, that idea of some some sort of driver that's going to get people out of their houses and and offices and into the forest so it's something to pull them in is that yes exactly and i i think generally speaking the the geocaching audience tends to be already a very nature connected audience um and so in some ways they are actually you know opinion leaders and influencers and and those people that we could activate word of mouth with. And so if we can get the geocaching community to be aware of our campaign, um, you know, as they're out there geocaching and using the Discover the Forest hashtag as they're finding the trackables and posting pictures on their social media channels, that has a halo effect to the other people that follow them on social media and, and makes them more aware of, you know, the, the campaign and what we're trying to achieve. That's that's awesome. So based on your previous experience with promotional activities, what were your expectations for the impact? Now, you mentioned that it, it's kind of a, a group that's already out there and engaged in this area. Um, did you feel that um, that you were going to be working with the right kind of people to really spread this message out and, and have that impact? Um, you know, did it... Uh, when in working with geocaching.com, did you understand what that relationship was going to look like? Yeah, I think we, we did fully understand what the relationship would look like because we had lots of uh, introductory conversations to really understand it and, um, you know, really went into the platform and did the research before we engaged in the promotion. So we knew, you know, what a trackable was and we knew how they conducted their promotions um, rather than just uh, engaging in it and learning as we went, although a lot of that happened as well. Um, so I, I do think that it, it did reach the right audience. I, Like I said, the, the way that we saw it functioning within our plan was 
was really reaching um, more of a thought leader, influencer type of audience. You know, they've already, they're already taking the intended action that our public service campaign is aiming to, to do. But it's amazing how many people in that space who are already connected to nature don't know about us and our efforts. And the only way that we can get um, to be well-known across all of our audiences is to have those opinion leaders and, and, and the folks who are driving word of mouth around this issue also be aware of us. So this is one of those um, great ways to do that. Um, and I'm sure that there are folks in the geocaching community who um, maybe aren't nature geocachers. And so there's a way to, to sort of extend the message that way too, because, you know, the urban cachers, you know, drawing them into the forest is a, is a good thing as well. Very cool. So it sounds like you, you were very intentionally going after a group that you know, might be described as mavens for this uh, this message and and the intent and so there's that piece but then also any peripheral extra awareness sounds like what was part of the intention of partnering here yeah, absolutely awesome all right uh katie and alice i haven't forgotten about you guys <laughs> <laughs> so uh, kind of the same question but I, I, i'm curious from your understanding of the geocaching audience did you feel that the community would be an effective audience for this promotion? Did, uh, you know, aside from the obvious, and, and as we talked with Amy, that geocaching does take place outdoors. Was there something about this specific message that you felt was really going to resonate with geocachers? Hi, Jay, this is Alice. Hi. Um, yeah, so Amy did touch on the more obvious things about geocachers already being connected to nature and already out. Um, finding trails and going geocaching. Um, something that really resonated with us in our first conversations with the Ad Council was that they were talking about families and how they wanted to get kids and their families outside. And that's something that is we, geocaching really excels at. We see in all of our campaigns, whether it's focused on families or not, we see people taking their kids geocaching. And it's a really fun activity for them to kind of fold in to whatever they're already doing. So if they're out hiking, um, kids love finding geocaches. It's like this fun surprise element that gets them to the trail, but also keeps them moving along it. And um, this just seems like such a good overlap with what our families out in the world are doing while geocaching. Um, we also just love love working with the people at the Ad Council. And that was pretty clear from the first conversations that they were super enthusiastic and wanted to learn. And some people we talked to had never geocached before, but then within like two days, they'd already gone out and found their first cache. So that was really fun to see and made us want to work with them. Yeah, I mean, I actually have three kids and have, uh, like I said, I'm a very excited newbie geocacher and have taking it on fully and to the to the to the point where um you know generally we go camping every summer with my mother family and so um this year you know we added to the list like while we're out there we're going to actually look for a couple of geocaches that are located at, at the particular um forest that we were at and it, it really led us to a different hiking experience than we would have otherwise taken you know i think you know Obviously, I had my two-year-old um, strapped to my back and my five-year-old running um, down the trail. Um, and so generally, I would have maybe said, okay, let's take um, the, the loop lake, uh, the lake loop, rather. And um, that would be easier. But we saw that there was a geocache um, on this slightly more challenging trail. And we decided to go that way instead. 
and had a really great time and saw um, some it was a much more picturesque nature experience going that way. And I don't think we would have taken that trail had, had there not been a geocache there. And just the storytelling that goes along with geocaching is something our families really enjoyed as well. And so I think it's a natural complement to the activity, to the benefits that nature provides and what we're trying, the experience that we're really trying to ask parents to, to have for their family. And that has that longstanding impact families and people when you're trying to get them to feel connected to the land and be the future brand um, you know, stewards of public lands you know having those memorable moments um, both connecting with your family and learning something new um, is really important and so that's the I think the people who actually do end up do, doing this experience um, I think get those added benefits that's that's very impactful Amy thanks and, and Ellis thank you for your thoughts on that as well Amy, I do have to ask you, uh, there's a lot of newer parent geocachers who listen to the podcast, and what they're going to want to know is when you took your five-year-old on that first geocaching adventure on a more challenging trail, did they sleep better that night? Oh, um, I, I mean, I always take my kids out hiking because, you know, running them around outside in general is a positive thing for all of our sanity. Um, <laughs> Generally, a playground works just as well as a hiking trail, but I think for me as a parent, I feel better um, about sort of the long, um, long-term long benefits of a nature experience for my kids in, in addition to um, just getting them that physical energy out. Um, I, I, I think that there's... Uh, you're basically giving them something that's a gift for life when you give them a nature experience because it's something that they can always go back to as an adult. You know, I'm not always going to play on a playground as, a, as an adult, but a nature experience can, can take you through the rest of your life. And so that's why I try to choose, actively choose those types of experiences for my kids. Um, and yeah, so they sleep just as well as long as they get the energy out. But there's sort of high order benefits I have in my mind when I'm taking them on a hiking trail. And um, the one thing that is really funny about when we do geocaching is because I have multiple kids and I have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, uh, generally it's a race to who can find it first. Um, and you know, so we always have to find more than one cache in a, in a trip because if one finds it the first time, then I need to find the next one. And then if one of them finds it, then the other one might want to open it Um and then there's an argument about tradables and whether or not the tradable that they're willing to give up is a sufficiently high value to get the thing that they want. And my son has given me some really good, um, he's pled his case that some junk rubber band of his is definitely um, high enough quality to get the other thing. And I've had to remind him, no, no, those aren't the rules of geocaching. So it's a really fun experience um, with the kids. And I, and I do think that uh, it adds a layer of enjoyment too. To a nature experience, so it's been a really nice partnership. Uh, I'm going to pause it there, but uh, how true that is! Now she's talking about kids, and uh, I think it's true for all humans. Getting outside really helps to—I I want to use the term refocus, but ground you, yeah. and back to hey, you know what? We're part of this big wide world, and. I have to admit, I've been with adult geocachers that have tried the same thing that her kids have just mentioned. Yeah, it was it was a great conversation. And hopefully that's coming through. Um, talking with Katie and Alice and Amy was 
it was just such a great way to spend my my lunch break at work <laughs> that day. Um, but I, I think you've hit the nail on the head on a lot of what the Discover the Forest promotion is about. It's ad council leveraging the geocaching trackable promotion venue to help get the message out about exactly that, about let's get outside, let's reconnect with nature, let's understand the value that is there in taking advantage of the forests that we have here in North America. We're very blessed to be here and have that opportunity. So let's make sure that we use that opportunity. And it's a great message. It's a great trackable promotion. I see in the chat, there's been some, some uh, a little bit of chatter about the TBs themselves. So we've been trying to show the image of the TBs. We've also showed the, the image of Amy from Ad Council holding up the TB. And now one thing that I thought was kind of interesting, I think she might talk about it later in the interview, but you'll see uh, there's a wooden sign behind her that says discover the forest. And apparently they had had that sign made for a different um, series of videos they were doing supporting the discover the forest campaign. Mm. And she just happened to be sitting in the room where that was there. She's like, this is perfect. perfect. <laughs> That's great. Love it. So yeah, it's, it's pretty neat. And yeah, if you get the opportunity to get your hands on one of those trackables, just take some photos with it. Uh, use the hashtag, hashtag discover the forest, post those pictures. But we'll get into all of that as we pick the interview back up. Well, let's do that. Fantastic. That's great to hear. And Katie and Alice, I'm curious, do, in your experience, do grownups have those same challenges as a five and eight-year-old? I was just going to say, Katie and I fight all the time. I was just going to say, I feel the same way when we go caching together. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, let's talk a little bit more about this specific promotion, uh, the promotion itself and the trackables. So once those trackables are out into geocachers' hands, are there any other actions or activities besides moving it from cache to cache that you'd like people to take? Um, yeah, number one, um, we want people to take photos with them and upload them to social media. Like Amy was describing, there's a halo effect of these thought leaders. And when they post about their experiences with this trackable, other people will see it. Other people will be inspired. Um, and we, just love seeing the content that the geocachers bring in. And we were looking at the page last night um, and noticed that the photos that geocachers are taking for this promotion are really thoughtful um, and they're really good. There's really good photos coming in. If you scroll through the landing page, you can see all of them and they are um, like geocachers do. They are um, good at doing the call to action and so when we encourage them to get out on the trails and in nature and take photos out in nature, they're doing that. And you can see that in the reflection of their photos. Um, and then just in general, for all the geocachers listening, we want you to activate those jackables and make sure that they're moving and traveling and getting lots of stories in and experiences and meeting other geocachers all over the U.S. Yeah, they are very pretty, and I could see why someone would want to turn it into a collectible, but that's, I think that's not the intention. Um, and it's funny because I've actually created a couple of trackables of my own for personal relevance and sort of understand how they start to travel through the, the ecosystem and the different things that, um, the challenges that they run up against it, like, you know, someone, you know, takes it and can't give it away <laughs> right. to part with these things sometimes, but um I haven't have even placed mine yet. I have to be honest. I'm gonna. It was like a bit of a confessional. I'm holding up. 
I thought that I was going to be on video and I could show it to you guys, which is what I've been telling myself is the reason why I'm holding on to it. But I, I did activate it um, and I haven't yet placed it. So more to come on that, I guess. Perfect. All right. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on, on that or do we want, want to move on? Everybody's good on that topic. Awesome. <laughs> Okay, so you did share that it is a cool design, and it is. I, it's a very attractive, very bold design. I've been fortunate enough to actually see one firsthand from a cashier who won the, the draw and was able to release it into the wild. Can you tell me how that design came about, and what is it, what is it intended to convey? Yeah, we actually worked with a freelance designer on this, and it, we really are excited about it. As you'll see, um, if you look at one, um, I think there's a picture of it on the website uh, for those of you who, who want to look at it. Uh, there's a trail going through uh, three trees. And since this is the, the 50th um, anniversary of the National Trails Act, we wanted to visually represent a trail. Uh, but we wanted it to be something that really conveyed um, the action that we wanted people to take when they found the hashtag so, or found the trackable. So the hashtag of discover the forest is on there. Because really what we want people to do is take that photograph with the trackable and, a, you, you know, post what using the hashtag. Um, discovertheforest.org, our campaign website is on the back. So for informational purposes, people can understand, you know, what this is trying to achieve, which is to get people to go to that uh, URL. Um, and the overall shape of it is reminiscent of a trail sign. So that was a very intentional design choice as well. Fantastic. Um, from the ladies at geocaching.com, did you guys have any influence over the shape or size or design? We usually leave that up to our partner. We can um, consult and um, give best practices. We have some general specifications that they need to follow. But in general, that's one of our favorite parts of promotions is seeing what creativity our partner comes back with and the minute these designs came in Alice and I both were just like oh my gosh this is so cool um, we both said this and you'll hear us say it again that this is probably one of our favorite trackable designs to date just because of the thoughtfulness and the intention behind the actual shape of it and with the trail going through through the three trees um, I think the when we've shown it off you you the general sense when people see it is, oh, wow, this means something. This is a powerful storytelling little tool. Just this little trackable tells a story in itself. When I first saw it, it kind of gave me nostalgia for like family vacations when I was a kid and going to state and national parks and seeing that trailhead sign. And that's the first feeling I got was like, oh, yeah, this reminds me of my childhood and and even into adulthood, still going hiking and, and seeing that shade, it's very familiar and, and warm feeling. Absolutely. I, I found that almost the first part of it that I noticed was just the overall shape. It's, it is yeah. impactful. We talked earlier about what actions people take with trackables and, and things that we you know might want to avoid. Were either of you guys concerned about these trackables becoming um, part of a personal collection rather than getting out into the into the world and traveling and and I mean it's just we know it happens how do you guys manage that potential outcome we're, it's always a concern of ours that um, geocachers will hold on to them but what we've noticed that 
what's happening is even though a geocacher might hold onto it and not put it in a geocache, they're still taking that trackable with them and showing it off at events or dipping it into geocaches. So people are still able to see this um, messaging throughout the website and um, throughout the app if they're looking at geocaches that the trackable has been dipped in or if it's at events. So this but even though it's still in someone's hand, they're still showing it off and it's still doing its job. Um, in terms of managing it, we can't really manage human behavior as much as we'd like to, but there are just some incentives that we could do and um, communicate through our messaging to geocachers about really getting out there and experiencing nature with this trackable. Obviously uploading photos helps so we can see it out there in the real world. Um, and then with other promotions, we've seen contests. So that's been helpful too. Um, they've been able to travel and everyone has been able to engage and um, play along with them. Um, but yes, it's always a concern and it's always it's always something we think about. But this trackable promotion seems to be going pretty well. And I would just say from the being the marketer on this one, like I kind of agree that it's doing its job as long as it remains sort of a living thing, right? So it doesn't really matter if it's sitting in a cache waiting to be found or sitting with somebody as long as the person who has it is treating it like the living thing that, you know, you want it to kind of be, right? So it is visiting other caches or it's being it's visiting um, caching events. Um, maybe photos are being taken with it as it travels through the world. So those... I think it's, you know, it, it, it's little, um, if it's just going to sit in a book somewhere on a shelf and, and sort of not have a life after, then it's, that's disappointing. But I think as long as, you know, people are engaging with it and, and keeping it alive in their own way, that's not a bad thing. Great. Well, that sounds like a really good answer. <laughs> um, and I think I have seen a lot of these moving around. So I think that's, it's a good sign. It's, uh, people get the idea. Um, so on that topic, uh, my question for you, Amy, and, and, and Katie and Alice, have you been able to observe any measurable results that this is aligning with your intended goals? I would say the first thing that um, we noticed right off the bat was when we launched the promotion and put up the landing page with the web form, we were blown away by the amount of requests that were coming in so quickly, um, we left the web form up for one week and received over 17,000 requests in that one week period of time. That is the most we've ever received for a US only campaign. Um, and that just kind of validated for both of us that this resonates really well with the geocaching community, that there is a direct overlap with Discover the Forest, with trails and the geocaching community. And it we, I guess you could say the measurable results were in those 17,000 requests. We could see right off the bat that this was going to go really well for all of us. Yeah, and I think it's still sort of to be seen, but the, even the photos, I mean, generally with user-generated content that we see on our, on our site and asking people to post photos using specific hashtags, um, you know, oftentimes you can incentivize, you know, certain people to do that, um, you know, and this 
particular uh, promotion has actually garnered quite a, a few really nice photographs that have, um, you know, been posted publicly on Instagram. And so um, that I, I don't have numbers to back up exactly the, the quantity there, but I would say the quality is very high and it's not an easy thing to do to encourage people to, to post content um, for a branded campaign. So the fact that we're seeing um, as many high quality photos as we have um, is, is also a indicator of success. Fantastic. Glad to hear that. I know, like I said, I think it's a great track. I think it's a really great message and I really appreciate Amy, you taking the time to explain that message to us off the start. Uh, now I'm curious if you, Amy or, or Katie and Ellis, have you been surprised by any unexpected outcomes or reactions to this promotion different than any other promotion you've done? Yeah, we were, we were really surprised by the amount of requests that came in. Um, like I mentioned in the last question, um, I would say generally for the U.S. promotions that we've run in the past, um, it's nowhere near those same amount of volume of requests. So when they kept coming in, we we're like, well, this will slow down soon. This is, <laughs> this will hit a peak here and start plateauing. And then it just didn't every day we'd come to work and we would check the number of requests and there'd be a couple thousand more, a couple thousand more. And we were at, to a degree, we expected that we would get a lot because of the overlap with, geocaching, being outdoorsy, and um, the message behind the Ad Council campaign of inspiring families to get outside into nature. But, you know, we really weren't, we were not expecting over 17,000 requests. In all honesty, we were, we were really surprised by that. It was really cool to see. And we were proud of the geocaching community that they all came together and they showed us, they validated um, their excitement by showing us um, request yeah fantastic amy any thoughts from you on that oh no i'm really pleasantly surprised that you know everybody was super excited for this i mean it really just shows that um folks are wanting to get involved and help um sort of obviously this is an amazing trackable that would be really cool to get into your collection but everybody when they signed up they knew they were you know sort of agreeing to put it out into the world and so it was beyond just the, oh, this is something I want for free and more like, hey, this is something I want to participate in and something I want to amplify. And so that was really um, encouraging and, and exciting to, to see. That's excellent. So my last question for you guys is when these trackables land in the hands or get picked up from a cache or somebody sees one at an event, what do you want geocachers to be thinking about? And maybe even what actions would you like them to take? And I, I think we've covered that part a bit, but let's reiterate it. Um, when, the, when they get their hands on one of these. One thing I've seen that has really warmed my heart is I go through and look at trackables and see what people are talking about. So there's the social media component, but there's also looking at the actual logs that people post when they interact with them. And I've seen people commenting, okay, I'm going to take this to your woods, you know, near my house, or I'm going to, next time I'm on this hike, I'm taking this with me. So it's very clear that people are intentionally thinking about their next 
uh, adventure in the outdoors and they're planning it based off of this trackable. So I think that's something that I love hearing and seeing and that's the intention that we want to have happen. Um, mostly I just want it to be a motivator and inspiration for people to go outside and even if it's just in their local park, uh, if that's a reminder to them when they see the trackable that they should get outside more and go explore, then that would be um, us doing our jobs well. Yeah, I agree with that. And I would say the only sort of unspoken addition to that would be, you know, all the better if you can use this as a way to introduce the next generation to that experience, right? So, um, you know, involving kids and explaining to kids what it's all about and, and using it as a way to get them excited about it um, would be like icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and something I thought about, and Amy, you touched on this a little bit earlier, is geocaching, um, people always remember their experiences about geocaching and they always have these awesome stories to tell about it. And when I think about these trackables and when I think of them outside and in the game and when a geocacher finds one or interacts with them, I want them to feel that connection to a place um, and have a story to go along with it of how they interacted with nature or um how they connected with their families and their children outdoors in nature. And I think we're seeing a lot of that and there's still more to come, I'm sure. But that's really what I, when I think about because of the shape of the trackball and all of those details that we talked about and when a geocacher finds it, that that story that goes along with it and their connection to the trackball and to nature is, is really warming to us. Great. All right. Well, thank you, you guys. I really appreciate all that really great feedback. This has been really interesting for me and I hope for our listeners to not just talk about the the promotion itself, but also understand a little bit about um, what's what's behind it. What are we trying to really get people to understand here? Uh, Amy, to get a bit of an insight into your world and the motivation behind the entire promotion is really helpful for me and uh, just to see also the dynamic between you guys I mean you you, you know looking at it as um, a a customer and the business providing a service to the customer also just to see the relationship you guys have had and what you've discussed about how well you've worked together is really encouraging um, Mm -hmm. as a geocacher so that's that's awesome thank you guys very much thank you thanks for having us on the podcast Oh, it's my absolute pleasure, and I look forward to future opportunities to talk with you guys again. In in the meantime, Amy, if somebody wanted to know more either about Discover the Forest or Ad Council, where would you point them? Uh, well, discovertheforest.org is the campaign website that um, services that this campaign, and, and at that website, you can search for local forests and parks um, near you. It's a zip code geolocator tool there. Um, and then adcouncil.org is the, the URL for the Ad Council. And you can see the wide breadth of social issues that we create public service advertising for there. Awesome. And Katie and Alice, if folks wanted to find out more about geocaching promotions, or maybe uh, there's somebody listening who wants to do their own geocaching promotion, or maybe they just want to hang out with you guys and go geocaching, <laughs> where, where would they contact and find out about all those things? We do have a website, geocaching.com slash promotions, and there you can see all our past and present partners we've worked with, and those all link off to um, more information. You can also email us 
at promotions at geocaching.com. And that's usually where most of these conversations start. And uh, we'll get you on a phone call if uh, we think it's a good fit. So that's really the two main ways you can learn more about us and get in touch. Fantastic. All right. So you're not giving her any personal information, like your home phone number or anything like that. <laughs> I don't even have one of those. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Nobody does anymore. All right. You guys, thank you all so much for the time today. It's been really interesting and entertaining listening to you. And thank you. And we're going to return our listeners back to the podcast to Jim, Chris, and Jay right now. Hey, that's us. We're still here. Hey, that was a great interview. Uh, you know, they talked about the shape of that uh, <laughs> trackable, and I just I couldn't help but think I know that shape from somewhere. Yeah, I've you, seen it somewhere. Yeah. It was really funny when that promotion came out, and 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 I saw those trackables. I thought, okay, uh, you know, right away. I thought I get yeah. why they did that because it's the same reason we did it with our show logo. Yep. Um, for the record, our show logo was out first. Uh, <laughs> we did not rip off the discover the forest uh trackable with our show logo um but yeah, it was funny. but not that yeah it was funny though when um i can't remember who it was i think it was ellis was talking about um how the just the shape of the trackable really just immediately brings back memory childhood memories of going to trailheads and i thought yeah that's <laughs> exactly uh -huh. <laughs> i thought that was pretty cool but they were a lot of fun to talk with as uh, hopefully that came through in the interview and again i apologize for the quality of the sound i look forward to a future opportunity to talk with all three of them again and uh and, and get some better audio but i think the content was there and it was a really interesting chat and amy oh my goodness so many great things she had to share and and I just had really no idea what the ad council did. So that was quite fascinating to me. Yeah. It's funny. You know, I know the logo I've seen. Oh yeah. The ad council. Yeah. I didn't actually know what the ad council was. It was a recognizable logo. Um, I mean, Smokey the bear was huge for me growing up. Yeah. And we, we used to see Smokey the bear and commercials on Saturday morning cartoons and, Oh yeah. Smokey the bear. Everybody loves Smokey the bear. I didn't love him. He put all that weight on my shoulders. He told me that only I could prevent forest fires. That's right. And that's a lot of responsibility. Well, you know, can prevent forest fire. Well, <laughs> and clearly Smokey has like this international thing because pretty much every Canadian knows about Smokey the bear as well. What? I didn't realize that he was kind of a, a U.S. centric thing. It, it didn't occur to me until I was an adult that. This is actually a U.S. thing, not just an international. Everybody knows Smokey the Bear. Well, I I thought that was a U.S. thing, and everybody in Canada knew Skookum the Bear. Mm, no, that's that's different. Okay, <laughs> it's very different there. <laughs> Skookum the Bear says only you can prevent needs archives. <laughs> <laughs> only you can do cash maintenance. That's right. <laughs> Anyways, um. So there was a question in the chat earlier about how many of those trackables were released. Less than 17,000. Yeah, okay, I didn't get one. <laughs> so it was 17,000 requests. Um, and I don't think I, I caught the number that were actually released, but that's a great question. Not sure how you could find that out, but maybe the research department could look into that. 
However, um, it was, uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun talking with those guys. I hope you guys, uh, our listeners learned something new. And if you enjoyed that conversation with Katie and Alice and, uh, and, um, ad count Amy from ad council as well. Um, let us know, give us some shout back at feedback at cashingnw.com and let us know if that's the kind of interview you'd like to hear more of in the future on different topics, different promotions, etc. cetera. Yeah. There and let go. them know, let them know you enjoyed hearing them on the podcast and they need to come exactly. back live on a Thursday night. There you go. Absolutely. It's always, I, I over, I'm, I'm sorry. I I've got an answer for you. Oh. I jumped over to geocaching.com slash promotions. Yep. And right there on the, uh, page the landing page there they released 1500 limited edition discover the forest track yeah. trackable so 17000 requests for 1500 product yeah impressive there you go also impressive that you beat the research department to the answer yeah no kidding <laughs> <laughs> i have the power once again now you're the research department oh no <laughs> you can't keep up with the pressure all right well do we want to start taking it into the end of the show and move into that other thing that we do? I would love to. So listeners, thank you so much for uh, being with us tonight. I mean, geocachers love a trackable promotion. And this is one that I think is close to our hearts because the forest is our playground, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, our game board. And that's where we like to go and find the geocache, especially here in Washington state in the Northwest in uh, BC, we have so much good forest to, to wander through that, uh, you know, discovering the forest really means a lot to us. So now next week, we are going to talk about glows because who doesn't love a good glow? We're going to actually do a few more glows next week. So we're going to add a couple of glows. There's a couple of long ones that I've been saving for just such an occasion. And we're going to talk about upvoting. You know what upvoting is? Upvoting is the pre-glow. That's right. <laughs> or, or the post-glow. Could be the post-glow. you do to a glow. You upvote. Well, anyway, we won't go there. Uh, November 22nd, we're getting a jump on your holiday season buying with the Geocachers Holiday Wish List. That's right. We got a special guest coming in for that to uh, give us all the inside scoop on maybe some ideas you hadn't thought about before that might be cool gifts for geocachers. Yeah, never Just know. Just straight cash. No turkey there. The 29th. Following week will be episode 279 when we're, you know, wrapping up November there with some great content. And December 6th is 280. We're going to talk about the business of geocaching with a special guest. That'd be Brian from HQ. So it's going to be a great show. It's going to be a great way to approach the end of 2018. Yeah, I think that's... Can it? It's it's coming up fast. I know. Yeah. I mean, I've been scheduling shows into next year now. I've got guests scheduled into January of 2019. It feels really weird to be talking to people about January yeah. of next year, but that's cool. I'm I'm excited. We've got so many great guests coming up. Um, I've been working hard getting the schedules, getting the show notes and the interview notes out to the folks. So 
I'm really excited about a lot of the shows coming up and I hope you guys are enjoying them and, you know, keep letting us know about that. And I want to, as I always do at the end of a show, first take a moment to thank Landsharks, our corporate Denali level sponsor. That's Landsharks with a Z dot C-A. It's the outdoor adventure and geocaching store. Check them out online, go in person and visit their store in Victoria, British Columbia. Open six days a week, except holidays, and they ship online orders daily. And hey, if you want to come cruising and caching with the land monkeys, I do. It's quickly approaching last call for the Southern Caribbean Geocaching Adventure Cruise that takes place January 20th to 30th. If you want to know more about that, go to landsharks.ca. All right. Now, I also want to thank our faithful Denali-level supporters. That is Bounce Bounce, Team Squirrel, Limax, and WorldCaching.com. Folks, if you want to know more about supporting the show, click that Patreon link on the CachingNW.com website, and you too will get to hear your name on this very geocaching podcast. And those names are Broncos Fan for Life, Sprouter, Camp Clan, Kev MacD, Subway Mark Dormore, Dune Buddy, Kid Vegas 19, GeoNav, Bros Wino, Seattle, Akerdoc, Billy Robson, G Nice, Antaeus, Keats 94, Trexer 0, MC3 Cats, and Kennel Barb. Thank you all very much for your support of this very podcast. Thank you all. And Land Monkey was so gracious to get the contact information options from our guests. But Land Monkey, what if somebody wants to contact you? Where would they find you? You know, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at LandMonkeyGC. And every couple of weeks, there's a new episode of Geocaching Adventures coming out on YouTube. You can find us L-A-N-M-O-N-K-E-Y on YouTube. That's where you're going to find us. So uh, check it out. Wow. I've we, never- we need a song for our social medias now. <laughs> I've never never thought about putting my social media tags to a jingle, but there you go. I just knocked the bar up another level on you. Yeah. Surprise. He's got an audio trademark for his YouTube channel. <laughs> What's then? Where did people find you? Sing well, sing to us, buddy. Land monkey just knocked me in the head with his jingle bar. <laughs> uh just head over to geocaching.com, Twitter or Facebook. I'm Witsend and all of those. And Probably some other places too. How about Chris? I I, I can't come up with music. <laughs> uh, I'm trying hard. It's like I uh, hey, look for me for Cashing NW. That's C H C A C H I N G N W. It doesn't work. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter. Uh, look for me at Cashing in the Northwest on Instagram as well. You know what? Head on over to cashingnw.com slash hosts and find all those links that we just mentioned because we know you're driving in the car and you can't pull out your smartphone and try to look on Twitter for all our interesting feeds. It just doesn't work. Head over there and find all those links that we just mentioned. Yeah, it doesn't work. Don't try. Put the phone back in the dashboard cradle and keep driving. And while you're putting your phone back in the cradle or on your lap or in the glove box, we want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Cashing in the Northwest. You can be part of the show. We would love to have you as part of the show. Give us a call, 253-693-TFTC. Leave us a comment. Ask us a question. Discover some forests. Actually, give us a call and record Land Monkey's social media handles in a jingle format. You can do that anytime, day or night. And of course, you can email feedback at cachingnw.com. Your support, it helps keep quality shows coming. It really does. If you like the show, click the Patreon link 
on the CashingNW.com website and subscribe on on, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, any of those. In fact, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review. See if you can find a way, hack the system and give us a six-star review. Why not? Somebody's got to be the first. So thanks again. This show is produced by Chris Umfenauer and Jay Kennedy, hosted by Chris James and Paul Woodson. This show is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. Copyright for another few weeks, 2018, by Chris Umfenauer. Now hang out with us for a little while. We're going to do a thing we call The After Show. The After Show. Yes, indeed. Uh, Who doesn't love The After Show? You know, I hear some people say they don't care about the subject. They just want to hear us talk about our week and then jump into the after show. (laughs) That's not going to happen. We're still (laughs) going to do a subject each and every week. Well, you know, speaking of talking about our week, um, I got to say that it's it's been kind of odd for me because I've reeled back or slowed down on the geocaching and it's been kind of weird. I (laughs) got to say. I'm, I'm used to getting out and doing a lot more, but at the same time, I'm getting a lot done around the house. That's so. what I was going to ask. Uh, suddenly, the chores around the house are getting done, aren't they? <laughs> They're all getting done, yeah. Oh, I don't know why. All kinds of stuff getting done, but that's all right. Um, but yeah, it, what's funny is that it's not just me. Mrs. Monkey gets a little stir crazy too. It's like, should we? No, you no. shouldn't be out discovering some forests. We should, and we will get some more forests discovered soon. Nice. Hey, we've got some uh, listener questions. Okay. They've used the hashtag FATAS. That's for the after show. They're you awesome. can use that anytime during this show. Toss in the hashtag FATAS in your question, and it magically appears on our show doc at the end in the after show. I don't know how it happens. It, it's purely magic. It's a lucky miracle. It is a lucky miracle. So I ham says, uh, anyone else try the new release of Ingress? What do you think of it? Mm-hmm. So did you know there was a game called Ingress? <laughs> I knew there was a game called Ingress. I, I knew it existed. Never I've never touched it. Yeah. Uh, they just updated the graphics and re-released it. So if you're really used to Ingress, you'll hate it. Because uh, <laughs> everything has moved and changed. Okay. Hold on a second. Is that because you hate change or is yeah. it actually an improvement? I still want the old Facebook back. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. Which one? I think this explains. Never mind. Yeah, all all the old Facebooks back. Is it still Seahawks colors? Because wasn't it blue and green? Yeah, it's still blue and green. Okay, well there you go. Go uh, Hawks. But, but yeah, there you go. I I always liked that about it. Um, I went ahead and downloaded it uh, or updated it, so it looks very different. Things have moved around. Gameplay still seems to be the same. So okay, so it's the the GUI has changed. The GUI. Is um, it ooey-gooey, rich and chewy inside? Yes. Okay. If we say yes, can we go on? Yes. Okay. Yes. I can't remember what product that was jingle for, but never mind. I think it was a cookie. Probably. It sounds like it should be a cookie. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a human. We don't know. <laughs> also ooey-gooey on the inside. Yeah. Oh, Bryling says, a lackey-hosted event in Victoria is GC803... Uh, Mike Victor. Now, I used to work with Mike Victor. That's Rock Chalk. <laughs> Rock Chalk's hosting that one. Nice. Uh, what is that? 
Uh, Rock Chalk is, uh, and it's coming up in just like two, two, three weeks. Rock Chalk's going to be over in Victoria, just doing a geocaching, oh, yeah. cool. geocache road trip. Just because he's there. Yeah. So he's right. hosting an event to say, hey, come see me. Is it high tea? No, it's uh, it's actually in a food court of a mall, I think. <laughs> so not quite high tea. But very similar. Yeah, almost the same thing. Almost yeah. the same thing. And odds are Mrs. Rock Chalk will have great photos of it. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> As I always tell people, follow her on Instagram. Instagram. I did at your recommendation and have not been disappointed. Yeah, she takes great photos. Yeah. Interesting. I think I followed her. I'm going to have to check that out. There you go. And, and of course, follow Rock Chalk too, because, you know. Yeah, I guess. Occasionally, he'll post one of her pictures. <laughs> Wait, you know, fizzies for the 12th time or 19th or 40th or whatever it is now. Yeah. Something inhuman. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. GeoNav Pros says the e-glow was there before the upvote. I think it's the glow. I, don't think, I think the glow. Yeah. yeah in there. Yes. Glow pre-existed before upvote, yes. but I am still incredibly thankful that upvote is being tested and trialed in Canada before it gets rolled out wider. So it was Norway, then Canada. And that's right. Yep. is all yours. Yeah. Up yours too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I didn't say that. <laughs> Up your vote. <laughs> wow. Hey, okay. So, oh, yep. you go ahead. I'm going to grab the next one. You okay? Yeah. yeah I want to say congrats to Keats94. He has shared that it is day 400 of his geocaching streak. The only thing that is going to mildly hinder keeping this thing alive is expired car insurance. Oh, no. Oh. Another justification to blame ICBC amongst other justifications. Oh, key. You know, I think half the people in the Puget Sound are driving with expired car insurance. So don't let that stop you. Yeah. <laughs> Lower your standards to Americans and get out there and geocache. Oh, man. No, don't do that. Oh, that's too bad. But uh, he also shares that he's looking forward to November 22nd. Which has to be something. That's the Rock Chalk event, I think. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, I see Team Finn Cam in the chat is saying he's putting off his homework to watch the show tonight. <laughs> well, don't put it off too long because, you know, homework is more important than this podcast. Yeah, and I'm not going to sign a note for your teacher. Don't <laughs> even ask. Again. <laughs> you get one shot at that. <laughs> I'll, I'll do You've it. You've already used it. Okay. Oh, okay. Chris will take the next. <laughs> yeah, it's his turn. All right. Okay, what else we got? And the last one comes from MC3Cats, who says, looking forward to seeing Wits End and Chris of the Northwest at my GIF event tomorrow. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to that, too. Apparently, this is a WSGA event, and yes. everything the WSGA does is in a barn of some sort. Mm-hmm. So whether it be GeoCoinFest, which was in a barn, or the GIF, which is in a barn, um. I think that's great. I just love the fact that Gajif has caught on and yeah. and also that it also annoys certain people at HQ is <laughs> mildly amusing to me. But uh I, I actually got a little scared during that interview last year. <laughs> <laughs> when when I kept using the term and we were getting the hairy eyeball on the phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh we're we're gonna be kicked out of headquarters if we keep using this term, aren't we? 
Oh, no, that's awesome. Yeah, we're looking forward to the Gajif event out here. Um, uh, Dora Moore is putting it on. Oh, so it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Now I'm jealous. Yeah, there you go. Well, it's it's not going to be as perhaps elaborate as some other Dora Moore and Metrovan Geocacher events in the past. In fact, it's not as fancy as we've done for Gajif events in the past. But Is it because she's hopping on one leg? It's partly because she's hopping on one <laughs> leg. It's because I've been too busy with other stuff. And so, you know, it is it is what it is. Oh, and I've been corrected by Keats94. Um, I'm a blithering idiot, and I forgot that November 22nd is our Geocacher's Gift Wish episode, and Keats is our special guest who's going to come on <gasps> with his, I know. Oh, yeah gave that away surprise surprise why you have to stay tuned for the after show that's right then you find out all these things but yes keats is going to have a list of creative cool ideas for shopping for geocachers or you know other folks who love the outdoors or podcast hosts or or especially gifts you can get for your favorite podcast host (laughs) there you go hey folks Thank you so much for sticking with us. The show's gone just about as long as all the other shows, which is a little <laughs> too long. But hey, we're we're right there, right in that meaty spot of the curve. And uh, we sure appreciate you sticking with us. So until next week, get out, discover the forest, and get caching in the Northwest. <laughs>